0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 128 of the Layover Live podcast. I'm Jason Swick, VP of Digital Marketing at Simpleview. On this episode of the Layover Live podcast, Grant Stoltz and Paul McLeod stop by to share their thoughts on some new industry data available to Simpleview clients. We discuss what reports are now available in the client portal, which reports they find most useful, ways DMOs can use the data to inform marketing decisions, and what insights the data is showing and what other data sources are out there the destination marketers can use. Hope you enjoy. Each week, the smartest and brightest destination marketers from all over the world talk about the latest trends, happenings, and challenges that affect the travel and tourism industry today. Digital marketing executives, CMOs, and leaders from DMOs of all shapes and sizes share their insights and stories to help you become the best marketer you can be. This is The Layover Live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 128 of The Layover Live, where we bring you the top article from The Layover each week. I'm Jason Swick, VP of Digital Marketing, joined not by one, but two special guests today. First, Paul McLeod, Director of Business Intelligence. So, Paul, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we're glad to have you. And also, our one of our favorites always on the show, Grant Stoltz, Strategic Analyst. So, Grant, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be back in front of the camera once again. I was about to say, yeah, usually working it behind the scenes a little bit, so I'm glad to have you here as well. So gentlemen, if if you guys are on the show, you know there's a good chance that we're probably talking about data, or we're talking about strategy, or we're talking about technology, or we're talking about all of those things. But as we continue our journey of recovery, this week's article of the week comes from Marketing Land, and it talks about how technology is really changing what it means for all of us as marketers. Now, this is relevant to today's episode as I'm excited to share that there are some new DMO dashboards available to SybilView clients in our client portal to help you as destination marketers gain more insights and ultimately to help you inform your marketing decisions. Now, up until very recently, we've shared some industry web data at a very high level uh, in our data insights hub. And hopefully many of you have seen that. And if you haven't, I encourage you to go check that out. But we've kind of taken that one step further now And I'm excited to share that we now have more than two dozen new dashboards for you to explore inside of our client portal, which we're going to go through in a little bit more depth today. So now these new reports provide insights across all traffic and organic traffic and paid traffic, air travel, lodging, and more. So to kick things off, Paul, I'm going to jump right in it with you a little bit. So tell us a little bit about some of the new data that SimpleView clients can now access and find inside the client portal. Yeah. It's
1: some pretty cool stuff. Um, the, you know, we tried to do things that are unique to uh, what we can provide um, with where we're positioned in the industry. So um, that means, and to you know, present them in the most useful uh, way possible for people to make actual decisions about budgets and campaigns and um, KPIs and all those sorts of things. Um, So, uh, you know, one of the main things we have here is a whole bunch of um, aggregated web metrics for the DMO industry. Um, Right now we have 208 different DMO sites, um, and this is um, a relatively restricted set uh, for this particular analysis that we're doing here um, that shows, uh, you know, only DMOs that represent a county or a smaller geographic area. Um, for reasons we'll get into in a second. Um, They're all in North America for the data sets that we have in there now, although um, uh, there are some other uh, people we could tap into later uh, further across the globe. Um, And um, uh, then we've taken them all and we've divided them up into different regions. Uh, You know, four main ones in the continental U.S. being the Northeast, Southeast, Midwest, and West. Um, And then Canada and also uh, some Alaskan clients are in there uh, as well. Um, and we think this is really cool because with that many different sites from all over the, the continent, let's say, um, that should really help us, that really helps us get an idea of what's happening to the industry as a whole, and I think for um, DMOs, uh, being able to compare their performance to the industry as a whole and also on some uh, more granular breakdowns um, can really help them through this uh, extremely tough time where uh, everybody's plans are being destroyed and ripped up and reformulated on the fly. Um, Context is really the key to understanding what's possible, um, where you should be, and uh, what you should be trying to do later. Um, So yeah, we're collecting uh, data on sessions to DMO sites um, from uh, just all session types, uh, which is obviously a big headline number that a lot of people use for a, a tourism KPI. Um, or a tourism marketing KPI, I should say. Um, And then we can also look at organic search only, uh, which I think uh, is very valuable because one, it's over half of all, or it's about half of all DMO sessions still, or before the crisis, it's probably even more than that now. Um, It's um, uh, very much user and audience driven um, in that uh, the people have to put in a keyword relevant to your content before they're ever gonna find you. Um, So uh, that gives us a good idea of what the demand is out there among uh, leisure tourists uh, for travel information. And then paid is great because um, that helps you see uh, who is investing how much in actively trying to get uh, a larger audience to their site uh, in a proactive manner. Um, so we pull all that data. We break it down uh, by the regions, uh, like I was saying before. And then we also do something that I think is really cool that's unique to simple view, um, which is, and that you can't really get within uh, native Google analytics, which is um, trying to get an idea of um, which are the important uh, visitor segments coming to our website. So uh, for that, we have this drive fly local breakdown, um, which we call visitor segment. Um, And basically the idea is that we, for every visit to your, for every session to your website, um, we calculate how far away it came from physically, um, just based on the location data that's recorded in Google Analytics, um, which is not 100% accurate, uh, but is certainly good enough to uh, help drive business decisions. Um, And uh, basically we divide it into people who are likely to uh, drive, i.e. they're within 50 miles in a straight line, which means, you know, more in a driving line because we don't drive across uh, the earth in straight lines, of course. Um, uh, Sorry, that's, so those are the local people uh, that are under 50 miles. Then 50 to 200 miles, those are the drive markets. Um, So people who, you know, are visiting, but would be driving there most likely. And then uh, beyond 200 miles, again, straight line, which means, you know, probably at least four hours of driving distance at that point, um, we're looking at fly markets. Now, obviously, these definitions will not be 100% 100% accurate for every destination, but they're close enough to make us uh, to allow us to make some uh, informed decisions, I think. Um, but what's cool about that, again, is uh, you can't look that up in Google Analytics. It doesn't exist. You have to sort of uh, do some processing on all the data in there and then uh, store and analyze the results. Um, so uh, what's really cool is that we've not only done this for the industry as a whole, collecting all this info and uh, breaking it down these ways, but we can also, um, create uh, dashboards that will compare an individual uh, client's data against their region and against uh, the demo industry as a whole um, on any of these breakdowns uh, so they can look at their year over year growth in uh, organic sessions from local users for instance um, and see how that compares against other people in the southwest or you know the west or uh, for demos as a whole um which I think uh, can really help you make a case to your stakeholders about uh, whether you are in fact doing a good job or not. Um, we are also more than happy to add more people to this uh, if they are not uh, currently in our uh, set of DMOs. Um, you know, you can just drop an email to SEO at simpleviewinc.com um, saying that you want to be part of it um, and then we'll walk you through the steps for uh, giving us access to your Google Analytics, and we'll set up um, a dashboard for you so that you can um, uh, you know, privately look at your data in comparison to the industry.
0: Yeah, uh, <clears throat> good stuff, Paul, and it helps really explain our methodology and our approach to, uh, behind this. Um, I think that's one of the cool benefits of what we're talking about here. right? You mentioned that we can, you can add anybody to the data set. Um, we keep everything totally anonymized. Um, we do that purposefully uh, because we want to be able to share this with the industry. If you want some more specifics, being able to reach out to us directly to be able to get those specifics, we are happy and we already have systems in place and already have dashboards in place to be able to help your, you and your team get specific insights to your destination out of that. Uh, but it does provide some really, really, really good um, data at a macro level. So I want to dig into that a little bit and really ask then in each of the categories you explained, um, you know, if you could maybe walk through some of the things that you find um, or that you can find in some of the data that's in there, Paul, and which ones that, you know, which reports that are in there that you like the best, because there are a couple dozen in there. Um, some tell you different things, but which ones, um, in there you think are, are pretty important and which ones do you like the best?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, the first area we have is, um, all traffic. Um, and, uh, there's, uh, that's just, you know, all sessions. Um, uh, which is good in the sense that you just get an idea of that top line number of how many people are we reaching, um, but it doesn't always give you the most predictive information because there's so much that can go into into producing um, just all undifferentiated sessions. Um, on that f- in the in the all web traffic section on the portal, I actually would like uh, like most of all to scroll down to the second chart, um, which is year-over-year year, uh, session growth on DMO websites by channel. Here we have three different uh, Time series lines showing for each day, uh, you know, what is our percentage of sessions um, for all organic and paid um, compared to the same number one year ago. Um, It's important to note here that we also uh, do our matching up by day of week with these um, in order to account for the fact that there are very heavy cyclical effects throughout the week. Um, So uh, when you do that, you can get a really good idea of just like, you know, at this point in time and throughout this crisis. Um, How bad has it been? And so there, for instance, you can see that, uh, you know, on that second chart, um, for instance, the paid traffic fell really low and has still not recovered as people have been conservative with their budgets, whereas organic traffic has uh, outperformed all sessions uh, throughout the crisis, Um, less so lately, but uh, is still doing a little bit better than um, the average source of traffic uh, to the demo. And you can also get an idea of the shape where it fell really far. Uh, recovered a little bit by the beginning of the summer, and then as coronavirus cases have spiked again, uh, has um, gone down, but somewhat stabilized lately. Um, So yeah, that's web traffic. Um, Going on to organic traffic, Um, this one I, you know, I come from the SEO team uh, here at SimpleView, so uh, I usually think of um, SEO uh, organic traffic as um, the channel that I'm most interested in, And there are a couple reasons for that. Like I said before, it's the biggest one. Um, And again, um, it's very user uh, uh, driven as opposed to um, budget driven or anything like that, which gives us an idea. um, So it gives us an idea of our success really across all kinds of different marketing channels, um, not just SEO. Um, So in the organic traffic section, um, here's where I like to look at the, again, the second chart in this example, which is the uh, fly drive local breakdown that I talked about before. Um, and here you can see uh, some of the really uh, interesting ways that traffic has diverged uh, during the crisis. Um, you can see that all, sources, all those different segments of traffic were up you know, in the 10 to 20% range uh, pre-crisis when you look at this chart. Then um, they all fell pretty precipitously in about the same time. Um, starting in uh, early, uh, late February, early March. Um, And then uh, what was interesting really is that starting in mid-April, fly and drive started to recover a lot faster uh, than local did. And um, that has pretty much maintained even through some ups and downs uh, since that time, which makes sense. A lot of that local traffic uh, goes to um, event details or event calendars. Um, things where, you know, everything is pretty much canceled nowadays outside of virtual events. Um, so it makes sense that we would uh, lose traffic with that segment specifically. And it's also nice to see the recovery happening a little bit more in those drive and fly markets where we know that people are planning future trips, um, even during the crisis. Um, so it's nice to see those people coming back. Um, so now I can move on to paid traffic, and here, um, yeah, we could look at things like the fly, drive, local. It's uh, you know, still a useful breakdown here. But again, this is all driven, uh, you know, this is driven very much by marketing budgets and by marketing decisions made by the DMO. So instead, I like to move, scroll a little bit further down to the regions section, um, where I can see a different line uh, for each of the four con- continental U.S. regions plus Canada plus Alaska uh, to give us six lines total. Um, And here you can see sort of where your peers are doing, uh, you know, in the area around you, um, which given the regional nature of some of the late uh, coronavirus outbreaks, um, definitely makes sense to think of it that way. Obviously, it can get even more granular than this. um, But we have to keep, you know, somewhat large groups together so that we aren't giving out uh, private data on our clients to anybody. Um, But, uh, you know, here, for instance, you can see, that um, you know everybody turned their budgets off uh, pretty much um, when the crisis really hit in mid March, um, other than Alaska, which is a small handful of destinations. So good for them uh, for keeping page traffic going. Um, but you can see the South really started to turn it back on uh, in spring, um, and uh, even you know reached parity by early summer, and then have fallen off a little bit as obviously um, Florida and Texas have uh, undergone some tough times with the um, progression of the disease. Meanwhile, the Northeast, um, having gone through their uh, huge uh, glut of cases uh, earlier in the year, um, is now recovering much better, has much lower rates of uh, coronavirus transmission now, and can afford to turn some paid traffic back on. Um, So if you're a destination in one of these regions, knowing uh, what the people around you are spending um, can be very useful for uh, figuring out what you should do next. Um, we can move on to the lodging. So I didn't talk about where this data comes from before, but it comes from the uh, JackRabbit uh, sources, uh, basically our uh, uh, s- uh, subsidiary, if that's a fair term to use, um, BookDirect. Um, they, ha- cl- they collect data on um, all the uh, booking engine activity, uh, or referral engine, I should say, uh, that we see from users on there. And um, you know, I like to look at actually the first two charts on this one, where you can see a couple things. One that referrals to hotels uh, via the Jackrabbit booking engine really fell down uh, in the early part of the crisis, and have actually been above uh, year ago trends since then, um, which suggests that people, uh, you know, stopped um, doing you know individual consumer bookings to a large extent uh, when things got really bad, um, but uh, were you know a lot of that demand just got shifted later. Um, and they were happy to um, jump back on it as soon as they got a chance. Uh, the next chart gives a lot more context for that though, where it shows the average days in advance that people are booking, um, which you can see a couple things. Um, You things. Know, one, there's just a downward trend of this from the beginning of the year towards the middle as people, you know, people earlier in the year are probably booking for summer still, and then as we get closer to summer, it's still people booking for summer. Um, what you see with the crisis is that when people, you know, people did stop referring, Um, But when they did, they were doing it for much further in the future as they were, you know, still thinking like, you know, probably people thinking about fall vacations or something like that, where they're like, well, maybe there's still a chance. So I'll go ahead and look at options. Um, And then once they started booking again in May, um, it was for much shorter windows, meaning again, you know, they were probably gaining some confidence that, okay, we can squeeze in a quick trip here in the next few weeks um, uh, that, you know, we were putting off planning before, but now it looks like maybe uh, we'll be able to do it. So um that's a really interesting trend to see. then the last uh, section is about air travel and this data comes from a couple different places. One is um, the TSA they just published their stats on how many people go through TSA security every day. So that's the top chart. That's really cool just to see um, you know how far down traffic fell uh, travelers uh, traveling fell in the early parts of the crisis and how it's you know something like quadrupled since then but is still way below last year's levels um, and then the bottom one though is really cool because this is data that our partner Uber Media provides um, from their location services. This does not tell us exactly how many people are going through airports, but it gives us a survey, an idea, a survey uh, of you know a percentage of the people going through, so we can get an idea of over time how things change. And what I think is really cool here is you can pick any of the top thirty airports in North America and look just at them at not only um, how many uh, local. Uh, travelers or sorry, uh, uh, users, uh, visitors they're seeing in the airport, which might be people who work there, um, but you know, who live less than 100 miles from the airport, um, and how many non-locals. So for hubs, you know, how many people from further away are coming through, or for final destination airports, how many people are visiting the area. And you can also see the origin market um, for each of these airports if you filter for it, um, so that you can see, um, you know, what specific uh, places are delivering people. Um, to that area. And I think this is really useful for understanding, (coughs) um, you know, uh, how many people are even thinking about arriving in your destination. And also for, you know, demonstrating to your stakeholders um, just how badly air travel has been hit uh, during all this. Even as we do see that some people are still planning air travel from the web metrics, um, actual air travel, uh, has gotten hit pretty hard. So under with all these stats, you can get a pretty good, good idea of both the present and the future of all these things.
0: Yeah, really uh, good stuff there, Paul. You know, um, a, a lot, as you can see from inside um, the client portal and with our, our DMO uh, industry data that's in there, you get a wealth of information, right? Web performance, lodging performance, air travel, all important things. And each week, I think it's important to note, Paul, that you guys provide an analysis on current trends every week. Um, so check out the data insights hub as Paul uses many of these charts to inform the data insights hub on simple website, but that deep dive again is provided in the client portal. So Grant, I want to shift over to you now because Paul talked about a lot of the data that's in there and it's available to, to clients uh, across all of these different <clears throat> uh, areas from web metrics to lodging, to air travel. But what are some ways that DMOs can take that? Because data is only as good as if you can action against it or get the insights you can get from it. Um, you know, what are some ways that DMOs can use some of the data in here to maybe inform some of their marketing decisions? Maybe give a couple of examples of that, if you don't mind.
2: Yeah, definitely. And like Paul mentioned, I think the, the first stop that the DMO should be looking at is really that organic traffic, um, as it is the best indicator of demand, um, really the most pure indicator um, as far as the other metrics we have available. So, really, I think, like Paul mentioned too, looking at the regional breakdown starts to provide some some interesting um, data points and also to be able to look at performance, um, specifically looking at trends within the last, um, say, few weeks, that would be the most important. So, um, the the biggest thing I think when looking at, say, the visitor segment chart um, is looking at the drive market performance. Um, Since, you know, a lot of surveys and recent data points have come out saying um, visitors are most will be most comfortable um, taking a short trip um, you know, within four to, five my, uh, four to five hours of a drive um, around their home, um, really looking at drive market and seeing what that looks like uh, and seeing if you're seeing any increases for say your specific region, your specific area. Um, really what that then leads to is being able to create some content around that, um, whether it's some activities, some itineraries, really targeted at those say, several cities around you, that drive market area uh, for people who are coming in a drive market, you know, is there some small trips that they can take, some day trips from your destination, you use that as a hub, um, you know, specific sites or things, again, that they can look at from the comfort of their own car um, so they're not necessarily being around other people. Um, but yeah, really making sure that you have the content ready for those who are in that drive market. Um, additionally, looking at some of those other charts on there too, such as the... Uh, several-day trend charts that we have for each of the mediums. Um, Again, organic I think would be the best one, but looking at those one, seven, two-week, you know, 30-day trends to be able to see, okay, is what I'm looking at for organic traffic uh, a fluke or has this been something that's been happening for the last month or so? Um, You know, it's really easy to quickly see, oh, there's a small little tick up and go, you know, full full into creating a content strategy when really want to make sure this is a a consistent trend and not just a short-term trend. So I think that's one thing to look at, is definitely look at the trends and those charts that we have available, um, because that's, again, applicable across the board. Uh, something else, for example, would be paid media. Uh, like Paul mentioned, this provides a good analysis of how your peers are performing in a certain region. So really that now then allows you to see, is there actually maybe some competition um, that may not be there that I might have had before? What uh, that then will allow you to get is some cheaper cost per clicks, uh, some more traffic, and again, allow you to keep your budget smaller, uh, potentially than you would have spent um, in a pre-coronavirus world. Um, like Paul mentioned as well, there's a bunch of other data sources in there. For example, the airport data uh, through TSA that we have available, which is a good indicator of how consumers are viewing fly markets. Um, and then also looking at the actual performance in the individual airports. So for example, if you have a large airport nearby you, um, or again, that's your hub for most visitors, looking at that as well to see Um, how many out of state or non-local visitors really um, are now visiting that airport. Um, That might be a good indicator too, of is fly market returning to my area? So that's again, I think the biggest thing there is looking at um, different data points to see what exactly um, your results might be. And also then what exactly then you should do to say combat uh, some of those points. But uh, the last point I'll really make is that looking at local performance, I think a lot of DMO traffic is driven by that local market. Um, especially for destinations where they're heavily events-driven. Um, a lot of traffic to DMO websites is from events or people interested in events, which comes from that local market. So um, really looking, I think, at your own market, um, using some, you know, your own data, whether it be from Google Analytics or even Google Search Console, to start comparing whether or not you're up or down um, compared to some of these data sets at large, I think is a really valuable point there, um, and especially then looking at, say, that local market and seeing are there specific events that did or did not happen this year, um, unfortunately due to cancellations, um, that may have now caused my traffic to go down. Most of, most of the time, if, that's, if you're a heavily events-driven destination, that may be some of your, um, your reason right there. So really, you know, with all these data points that we're talking about, um, really then digging in and comparing yourself to yourself, uh, I think is one of the best ways to be able then to um, also see why things are different, uh, but of course looking at these data points as a whole to determine now what to do um, with the knowledge of why things might be different.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's uh, good advice, uh, Grant. You could do a lot of things, and those are some really good examples of, of how to leverage that data for your marketing decisions. But to your point, right, it's a place to start. Take a look at the industry. Take a look at your region. See how you compare. Uh, the best way is to look at your own data. Compare yourself to your own market and what's happening. And again, we have ways to do that. So again, reach out to us if you're looking for that. Uh, one thing I do want to ask, though, Grant, one more question to you is, you know, in addition to some of this web analytics data, which is important, but it tells part of the story. What are some other data sources that are out there that destination marketers, you know, should kind of bookmark and keep an eye on out there, right? I mean, there's there's a bunch of folks out there that have provided some great data, but you know, what are some some data sources that maybe that you recommend in addition to looking at this web analytics data that you just mentioned?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a a really good question. And I I guess I want to maybe first bring up the concept of data triangulation, as we call it. Like we mentioned, you know, we have a specific data set of DMO websites, and unfortunately it's not every single DMO across the globe. Um, So really what you want to do with any data set um, is start looking at other places where you can get similar data um, and start looking at, you know, what actually is the the real data that's out there. Probably the truth is somewhere in between uh, all the data points that you're seeing, um, whether they going to be geolocation data, web data, Um, or data from a a travel partner, Um, really, again, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle there. So um, with all that in mind, though, I think there are a variety of really great data sources out there that, again, can provide some insight um, into what might be happening in the future for your destination, for your region, uh, and the industry at large, quite honestly. Um, I know we both had um, destination analysts and arrivalists on the show. Both of them offer some great data through destination analysts, um, traveler surveys and traveler studies, um, especially when measuring travel sentiment. Um, that's where that data point of look, people looking for drive markets um, and being more comfortable with driving uh, had come from. Um, interestingly enough, then looking at arrivalist travel index as well, they had also cited some trends in people interested in actually taking um, drive market trips. So there alone, you have two different data points pointing to a similar conclusion Um, but also both providing a valuable resource on some of the other data points they offer as well. Um, Like I mentioned, I think also your own data that you have or have access to is incredibly valuable. Um, Looking at tools like Google Search Console um, and Google Analytics, especially comparing yourself to last year, um, is a great way to determine why things might be up, might be down, especially then when taking into account the industry at large data from say destination analysts or Arrivalists, And of course, then looking at Again, on the other side of the coin, looking at the airline data and correlating that with the TSA data to see if maybe you're ahead or behind for your destination in your region. Um, so like I said, the truth is probably somewhere in the, the, the mix of uh, all of the data points that are available to you. But um, yeah, definitely destination analysts, arrivalists, those are some great places to start. Um, of course, in addition to our data, um, and then of course drilling down further to your own data, is a great way to get an idea of where you might stand and where your DMO stands um, relative to the region and the industry at large.
0: Yeah, uh, good good stuff there, Grant. I could not a- agree with you more on that. Right, it's it's never looking at one data set's a good thing to do, anyways. But looking at things, um, this you, this concept you you mentioned of this data triangulation, I like that. Um, you know, using, uh, you know, resources out there like the the, the great work that, that Aaron and the team have been doing at Destination Analyst, right, to get that sentiment. What are people saying? What are people thinking? What's the mood of, of the industry right now as it relates to travel, right? That typically has a direct correlation into web metrics, which are some of the things that you and Paul just mentioned about, right? How are things um, from that sentiment affecting how visitors are Um, searching and and moving through our, our, our particular websites, right? And then how is that affecting arrivals, right? So being able to look at arrivals data and other people like Uber Media that provide those types of things to be able to uh, look at what is that translating into then with actual people showing up in a destination and what are they doing? Looking at all of those things because they're all tied together in some way, shape or form, I think is important. And it's important to look at multiple data sources as you're analyzing. So really good insight. So guys, I know this is one of the longer ones that we've done, but I think it's really good information. So thanks for coming on and sharing these insights today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Happy to help. All right. And if you're not subscribed, please do so now. You just hit that like button below. We're also uh, available on Spotify as well as iTunes if you want to consume us through podcasts. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time and have a great day.